Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Today's podcast is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports where payday can come every day when you enter their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is pretty simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before, as every moment means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. To date, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 59, as Andy and I are finally back together. We're on the same page. We're in the same time zone. I'm back from the beach. I got a nice tan going, and it's just right in time uh, as the expansion draft is finally here, and we're going to take a deep dive into what that means for the Rangers and and some of the news that you might have seen over the weekend with uh, with some signings. Uh, but first, I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Like you said, I'm happy to be in the same time zone as you. Uh, I know we've both been extremely busy. Uh, I just feel like, for yeah, from the, almost the second week of June till just this last week, I, between finishing up with work and trips and other obligations, I've just been all over the place. Uh, I know it's the same with you with that, you know, with buying a house and just seeing family and all that. But uh, I'm excited to finally be on the podcast at the same time. Like you said, no, uh, no conflicts. Uh, let's just do what we do best and uh, talk some Rangers hockey. Yeah, man, I, I'm so like this is like, uh, you know, now that I'm back from vacation, this is finally the time where I'm like, OK, things are actually going to start to happen within, you know, obviously the next couple of weeks with the expansion draft news. We got the, you know, the draft is a few days later and then free agency starts, I believe on the 28th of July. So, you know, things are starting to come together. Uh, 
you know, and, and then that means that, you know, training camp is right around the corner. So there's so many different things happening in the Rangers world, uh, things that matter. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just happy that, you know, you and I are right now sitting down, able to talk about the, the first leg of this journey uh, of the offseason. And that's the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. Now, I know you and I have had conversations via text talking about, you know, who potentially will be taken and who will be exposed. And, you know, do you want to first dive in so people kind of understand what the expansion draft is, how it works? And, you know, this way they kind of have like a a basis of an idea um, in terms of uh, how it all works, especially for the Rangers. Sure. So. Uh, I'm sure most if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know that the Seattle Kraken will join the NHL this coming uh, season as the 32nd team in the league. Since they are coming in uh, as a new team, they're going to hold what is called an expansion draft or the league is anyway. Uh, It's going to take place on the 21st of July of this month. Uh, And essentially how it works is team all the all the 31 teams in the league, they have a choice. They're basically given a choice. They can either each team can either protect uh, seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or they can make their choice of any eight skaters and one goalie. And that's obviously they can make those choices just depend on just some of the factors of their contracts. Uh, there's a few rules connected to that. Um, players on their ELCs are exempt from being selected. You can't select them. Uh, if a player has a no trade clause, uh, they ha- must a protection slot must be uh, used. They or they have to be selected for a p- protection slot, basically. So obviously, uh, if you remember with the Vegas Golden Knights, what happens is because there are some p- teams can't uh, don't have you know they may have given out too many no trade clauses or no movement clauses, and thus they will make side deals with. <laughs> the team coming into the league offering them of like a lesser prospect or a pick to protect a player they want to protect. Um, so you're going to see a lot of that because obviously, and listen, uh, Seattle doesn't have to do this. Uh, you do wonder after the way Vegas came in the league and they made a lot of teams look s- super foolish because teams were essentially give a lot of teams would give up a player and a prospect to protect a guy. And that player that they were protecting usually like was a bum and the two players they gave up were better, you know? So it's just funny. I, it, I'll be curious to see if that happens again. I think GMs are going to try to be a little bit smarter about it. Uh, or at least it's, it was kind of like a lesson well-learned, especially because there are some teams like, you know, Minnesota, Columbus and, and like Florida. I remember the three teams that really kind of, uh, yeah, they really shot themselves in the foot with that one. But, uh, yeah. So like I said, um, teams have two choices. They can just, they can go by whichever one fits their situation the best. And then uh, Seattle in turn will select one player from each team to help flesh out their, their roster uh, for next season. Um, as that relates to the Rangers, I mean, I, I'm sure in a second we'll go into it, but uh, you know, I, if you look at their contracts, I do believe the Rangers will probably most likely um Actually, you know, I, I, the more I think about it, I'm not really sure which route they'll go, but uh, we can definitely talk about it because there are some, I do see wisdom in, in either path, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to think what, uh, or hear what you think. Yeah, you know, I think 
you know, for us, right, to do this podcast, we can talk about the less interesting exposure. So obviously the one goalie that has to be exposed, it's Keith Kincaid. That was kind of part of the deal. I know you touched on it. As soon as they signed him, you were like, well, they basically signed him. So they're eventually going to expose him in the expansion draft. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. Thank you, Andy, for explaining that to me. And Keith Kincaid is exposed. So um, doubtful that he'll even get selected. But at least that's, you know, we have the goalie situation taken care of. I don't think anyone, even if Kincaid was uh, to be selected in the expansion draft, I don't think anything or anybody would be, uh, you know, crying over over that selection. So um, do you want to then go into the defenseman? And then because the forwards is really kind of where it gets juicy. Yes. uh, I think for the Rangers. Um, So the defensive wise, I think, you know, the the Rangers right now as it stands, and this is, you know, basically I agree with Vince and and how this is going to be broken down, I guess. Uh, The only thing I could see is uh, Hayek being exposed. But right now, according to Vince, he would have protected Lieber Hayek, Ryan Lindgren, and Jake Trouba. Obviously, Lindgren and Trouba are definites. Uh, Lieber Hayek, I think, could be exposed. And, you know, right now they have Tony D'Angelo and Anthony Potato uh, both exposed. Now, I do have a question because this is where I was getting confused. Yeah. Wasn't there a term or something where Tony had to be dealt or something or they don't have to pay his contract or, or is it or they can buy him out or something like that at, at a certain date and i thought for a second it revolved around the draft and at the time i was like ah we don't have to worry about that until then and then now we're, we're right here and i totally forgot what the date was so um if i want to hear your thoughts on what the defense yeah if there was I, it escapes me right now um like you said, though, not really anything too groundbreaking. Obviously, uh, they don't have to, you know, Adam Fox doesn't is uh, exempt, doesn't have to be protected because he is still technically on his ELC. It, w- it would only be his third season. Uh, right. You know, well, he'll well, well, that'll be a future episode talking about what he's going to command for his next contract. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you know, Truba, you have to protect. Obviously, he's got uh, no trade clause. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, I think, is a no-brainer. You have to protect him. Uh, he's on that sweetheart of a yeah. deal he just signed, uh, which was actually the first uh, contract of the Drury era. And now, uh, and w- when we say Vince, we are referring to Vince Mercogliano. He's a very good Rangers beat sure. writer for writes for uh, USA Today and, and Lower Hudson. So um, there's a few different ways the Rangers could approach this. Uh, at As the time being, they could they have an extra spot, so they don't have to protect Keandre Miller. Obviously they won't, don't have to protect Zach Jones. Those yep. players like Fox are on their ELCs. Uh, it basically comes down to Libor Hayek, Anthony Batetto, Tony D'Angelo for that. Uh, yeah. And for that final spot, um, it's tough because listen, obviously Tony, uh, you know, obviously for they D'Angelo, if they don't end up buying him out, I mean, listen, I think if I, I have my doubts that Seattle will touch D'Angelo with a 10 foot pole, I just think everything I've seen, they definitely seem to be pushing a more pro, or, or presenting themselves as maybe a bit more progressive NHL team. So I just don't see the fit there with them. 
even though it would might be a good way to get some scoring on their back end. Uh, so I doubt they choose him. So honestly, the Rangers could just leave him exposed to not have to worry about it. And if when if it does, even if he doesn't get taken, they can then uh, buy him out after the expansion draft, which kind of leaves Anthony Potato and Lieber Hayek. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, on, this is a tough one because Lieber Hayek has definitely had his struggles. Uh, he is younger, though. Potato is, I believe, 30. Right. Um, and I mean, as it stands at this point right now, I think they're kind of comparable defensemen. Obviously, Hayek has a little bit more runway, and there's there's a chance he can put things together. But so far, it just hasn't really come together the way you thought it would with him. Um, so I still do think the Rangers will use that, that uh, protection slot on him just because, you know, and listen, I uh, no offense to Potato, I, I just think he is the, the his, a bottom-pairing borderline seventh defenseman yeah, I th- they can be found in this league. So, it, and especially at his age, it's like just it's kind of a lot of effort. Whereas Hayek, like I said, does have a little bit more uh, more runway. So, yeah, like you said, on the back end, nothing too earth shattering. They're gonna Truba and Lindgren will most like are definitely gonna take up two of those slots, and I assume Hayek will take up the the third. But however, I mean. If for some reason Hayek gets traded before then, there's some time, then yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe they do just be for the sake of it. Maybe they do then protect uh, Boteto, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, not nothing really f- forcing their hand too much on the back end. Yeah, and 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 in my eyes, if I'm Seattle, if you look at it, you have Anthony Boteto. If he's if he's exposed, you can sign a player like that. And during the offseason, I, I don't think, you know, he's anything to uh, write home about. And, you know, he's he's serviceable seventh defenseman on the New York Rangers um, that they'd be exposing. And I think, you know, uh, Seattle would be foolish to even pick him because, you know, there's other comparable defensemen that are probably out there that you can pick up during the offseason. I don't think it's that, uh, you know, that uh, prime of a choice. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is interesting. It's definitely dangling a carrot. Um, again, though, the New York Rangers are probably and and going to end up buying him out. So why would you even select them where you can just sign him once he becomes a, a, essentially a free, you're a free agent, right? Unrestricted free agent after a buyout. Yeah. It's, you know, to cheaper, so, especially because, because of the, I think the, this, even despite the amount of points he had, uh, pr- last season prior to being sat for the rest of the year, um, it's just clearly the baggage itself will drive that future contract. If there is a team that does want to take that risk, they understand they can most likely get the player much cheaper than what he would command just based on his, uh, his offensive output alone. So it makes more sense for teams to just stamp. If they're a team that can stomach some of the stuff, which I'm sure we haven't even heard every all of yet, but can just, can kind of stomach the the way in which his tenure in New York ended that it, it, it kind of behooves them just to wait for him to get bought out and then yeah, they well, can sign him to yeah. what's something they're more comfortable with. Exactly. Don't pick him now. He'll be available in a few months if you really want him. And, and honestly, at that point, maybe you can do run a little bit more interviews. If you're really going to take, you know, the risk of signing, you know, you'd obviously only sign him for a one year deal. Um, uh, I, I think Tony would take anything that yeah. he can get right now. So, yeah, so it's a it's a, certainly a carrot that the Rangers are dangling out there, but they'd be foolish to, to snag that carrot because 
uh, he'll be available in, in a few months and, and after a buyout. So this is, Andy, where things get interesting because uh, obviously we had news over the weekend that or the week. I don't even know what it is, what day it is anymore. It's Sunday. Uh, I guess during last week, New York Rangers signed uh, Brett Howden and to a one-year deal. And that basically allows him to be exposed in the expansion draft. So uh, I don't know if you want to run through the the forwards that are protected sure. and, and I, yeah, yeah I, can do, I can do that. So okay. yeah, uh, much like we said with our defensemen, the Rangers defensemen, I should say, uh, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Chris Kreider all have no trade clauses, so they must be protected. They're no brainers anyway. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich and Ryan Strom, even though they do not, I mean, right now they have a lot of value. So even if they're not in the Rangers future plans, you cannot afford to really lose them for nothing. So uh, uh, the Rangers are probably most likely use uh, two protection slots on them. Even if they do end up getting dealt in a package for uh, assets that the Rangers could actually use in the future uh, instead of losing them for nothing. Um, So, but here's the thing that leaves one more spot uh, for the forwards and the, now, this is in keeping in mind this Vitaly Kravtsov, Alexi Lafreniere, and Capocacco, uh, not eligible um, because they are still in their ELCs. Oh, and also, I, I how can I forget Philip Heedle? I mean, same same thing. Young, don't really know what you have. Promising center uh, has you know has good value. You don't lose him for important nothing. Of course, piece. important. Um, so that leaves one more spot, and. The forwards currently on the Rangers roster uh, would be that are left over would be Brett Howden, who we just spoke about, Colin Blackwell, Julian Gauthier, and Kevin Rooney. So there's only one spot for those four players. Uh, like you said, Brett Howden, who was a RFA, gets signed to a one-year deal. Thus, now he can be exposed for expansion purposes. Um I mean, I that deals to me kind of does scream that he will be one of the forwards exposed. I just it hasn't come together for him, unfortunately. Um, and but at the same time, it's so I mean, he can be exposed, but, you know, I'd still the way it, it's kind of hard to know if because I do think that maybe deep down, I do have a feeling that maybe this organization is holding out hope uh, that he can become a good bottom six uh, or at least a good uh, fourth line player. I don't really see it. I think at this point he's just had. Tr- I just don't think he thinks the game well enough at the NHL level to be effective. Um, and then this is where it gets tricky. I mean, Kevin Rooney. Again, I no. I don't think there would be much anyone really crying if they lost Kevin Rooney. He was just fine in his stint here. Didn't really nothing or shattering. I guess that can be seen as a good thing that he didn't. He wasn't horrible he he was seemed to be a good penalty killer and he was good on his defensive assignments he can do it you know plays die in a stick goal scoring is beyond him but um yeah which kind of leaves colin blackwell and julian gotier now julian gotier clearly had his struggles last season he, the, he struggled to get the confidence of the coaching staff but the his ceiling is kind of undeniable with his size his strength and his speed uh, I definitely think he's got more runway. But that being said, Colin Blackwell had a, a good season for the Rangers. You know, he's a guy who was kind of, it took him a longer, he took the long road, the scenic route to the NHL, but uh, 
yeah, he had a good year last year and he kind of played up and down the lineup. At times he played with Panarin and Strom and uh, yeah, he just, he was just kind of yet another Cinderella. Every year there seems to be a guy who has kind of like a Cinderella story season and it was definitely him last year. How much can you count on that going forward? It's kind of tough to tell, especially with players that you don't have, you know, who put the pieces together late. But uh, I mean, you look at a, a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau, who took a little bit longer to get to the NHL. And listen, I'm not comparing Blackwell to Marcheseau, March, you know. Um, but it sometimes it takes a while for everything to come together, and they turns out that oh, they actually are productive players in the NHL. Blackwell's already 28, though. That works against him. Uh, so you don't know how much, even though he finally things went right for him. He had a, you know, he had 22 points in 47 games played this last season. So, you know, it could make roughly a 40 point player um, in the regular season, which is not nothing, nothing, not bad for especially for his contract being what it was. But yeah, I mean, is that again, is the, there are players like this? happen you know guys have cinderella you know the the guys have miraculously good seasons around the league and then they just kind of fade back into obscurity it happens so i think it's too much of a gamble i think it's a no-brainer that you use that final spot for julian gautier but i don't know i mean at the same time it just there did seem to be a little disconnect with him and albeit it's now a a coaching staff that is not in place but you you have to wonder how upper management and the, the people at state still feel about him but I think it most likely ends up being Gautier in that final spot. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I forget when teams have to, I think it's it's either next weekend or the weekend after that, or on this coming Sunday, uh, when this drops on Monday, the, I think the following Sunday is when they have to submit their lists. Or I could be wrong about that. It could be the following weekend, but um, yeah, we should know sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, eventually things will take shape, you know, this week with, with rumors. Now, I think with, the one-year deal that Howden signed to kind of puts him, you know, in that spot of being exposed for sure. So, you know, for me, if you're looking at it, obviously Kevin Rooney, see, there's multiple ways to look at it, right? If you're the Rangers, you're basically gambling. You're going to gamble, right? Yeah. You're going to gamble on whether who Seattle will pick because they're probably going to pick a forward. I highly doubt they go. They touch the defenseman, and I highly doubt they touch Kincaid. So it's going to be one of these three forwards that they're going to take, right? Yeah. So for me, if I'm the New York Rangers, I protect or I take the GOAT off the list. Only because, listen, he's a big body. He's got potential. Colin Blackwell, although he had a great season, he does play center. It, it, you know, He is 28 years old. I think Seattle is going to be looking for to build youth to build their, you know, uh, you know, bring in players that are going to be there a long time. I think you bring in a player like Colin Blackwell and, you know, you don't know if he's a, just a product of that season, uh, just, you know, uh, the right organization, the right timing. There's too many unknowns about Blackwell, right? If you, if you take the GOAT, right, you take the GOAT, now you're, you know, you bring in this young kid, he's big, he can skate, you can play him a ton of minutes if you really want to. You can develop him, and he might turn into something, right? I think there's a the ceiling is a lot higher with the Julian Gauthier than there is with Colin Blackwell. Now, if you throw Howden in the mix, you know, Howden's pretty interesting because, you know, uh, he was a good junior hockey player, uh, just couldn't figure out the NHL game. 
but he actually has a ton of NHL experience. Now, if he's exposed and you're Seattle, I think Howden's pretty tempting. Like, again, a situation where it could be maybe he needs a change of organization. Maybe he needs a place where the spotlight's really not going to be on him, right? Seattle hockey media is not going to be, you know, New York Rangers hockey media. You know, he's not going to get scrutinized for only getting one shot on goal every 10 games. It's, it's really not going to, you know, it, it's not going to be exposed. He's not exposed in Seattle like he is exposed here under, you know, the media scrutiny. You know, I mean, how many times do we bash out in every, every season of the past couple of seasons? So I really do think if the Rangers can expose Colin Blackwell, Rooney, and Howden, it's an easy pick for Seattle. I think they're taking Howden without a doubt. And I think, you know, the GOAT is worth keeping in your back pocket. I mean, he's exactly what the Rangers lack, right? They lack a little size, a little meat, a little grit. That kid can learn that type of stuff. You know, he can develop, you know, that, that type of style. You don't, you don't know what you have with him. Howden, like you said, he struggled at the NHL level. He clearly has you know, issues thinking at this speed and, you know, and, and maybe, you know, a less, uh, you know, a, a less mar- a lesser market, so to speak, you know, will be good for him. And, you know, I wish him the best of luck, but you know, if I'm Seattle, I definitely take out in. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Cause I think if, if there's anything to, especially our last, you know, being on this podcast for the last few years, that there's plenty of cautionary tales about what you need, especially for teams to be competitive. And obviously you need young, talented players, right? Or at least players that have a future in the league and not guys that'll be washed in one or two seasons. But at the same time, you obviously need people driving the bus. So I think for the Kraken, you're going to, they're going to try, I think they're going to definitely try to have it both ways. But, you know, I think there are some teams where, there will be some promising, although maybe promising yet slightly disappointing players like Howden. Uh, I don't know if it's like like a like a Rasmus Asplund in Buffalo or um, like a Jeremy Lausanne in, in Boston or, you know, there's these guys. But at the same time, I think they're going to be looking also to get guys. You definitely need your workman players and you definitely need your your older, more experienced guys. So you, like I wonder if like uh, is Calgary going to make Mark Giordano uh is he eligible or are they I don't know if he's got a no no trade but if you expose him does he get selected and he's their next captain you know at the same time I could see a guy like Blackwell being a good you know wearing an A and being a good soldier for a team like that he's a little bit older he works hard or at least he looks like he's working Fair. hard yeah. so yeah I don't know and I don't you know it's one of those things where there's kind of there's plenty of different ways Seattle can approach it but um yeah I I you it, well, well, can I ask you a yes. question then? Do, do you think do you think Seattle feels pressure with the success of the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, you know, obviously, what the Knights were able to do, you know, make it to a Stanley Cup final, you know, basically their first year in the league, you know, and, and they've had immediate success, and they are one of the league's best teams. Do you feel that Seattle has pressure with this expansion draft to kind of? do the same thing that Vegas was able to do and, and kind of find like all these, you know, uh, good young players that, you know, had uh, immediate impact. At yeah. The I NHL think, level. I think they sort of do, but I also don't think, I think they understand that it will be harder to take teams, you know, catch teams off guard. Um, I just, cause you know, I oh, think even in the last, since Vegas has entered the league, it's become such a younger league and it just, every year it just seems like more and more young players taking over. 
I mean, you had for the the Norris Trophy finalists this year were two players and only in their second season. So that kind of has to count for something, right? But at the same time, I know Seattle has invested pretty heavily in an analytics department. And if they take one look at, say, like uh, a Brett Howden, <laughs> and then they take a look at a guy like, uh, I don't know, like a Sam Steele in Anaheim, you know, who maybe they're both on paper disappointing players, but they're like, oh, you know what? Sam Steele, his underlying wasn't that bad. It's just he couldn't, you know, he had bad, his, you know, whatever. His PDO was in the toilet. His shooting percentage was awful. But he had good like transition metrics and all this other stuff. And Brett Howden just offense dies on his stick. And I don't know if everyone saw Jay, Jay Fresh, uh, who is an excellent follow on Twitter. You know, he tweets out player cards. He tweeted out a Brett Howden card. And, you know, he's also kind of a snarky guy, but he's pretty funny. And it, it was just, oh, man, it was brutal. It was. Uh, yeah, it was it wasn't pretty. It was, I forget. It. It's like it, it just taking into all of his underlying uh, metrics into into account it's just it kind of comes up with an overall it's almost like war and you know in baseball like a like a war rating um but yeah i think brett's was like he was in i think the bottom two percent of the league in terms of like generating offense which is or just it just generating positive results which is not good um but yeah i mean yeah i i just think from what i've read about how not only the fact that they're like I said before about them wanting to be a little bit more progressive, I do think they're going to analytic. They'll they'll be a more analytics leaning team, but I, they also I'm sure they'll have good hockey, uh, you know, some good um, hockey minds there that maybe lean a little bit old school. I just like I said, I it's kind of hard for me to tell because I think they're going to have to look at the entire landscape and say like these are some of the more seasoned guys we can get who might not who might at least have can be useful to us for more than two seasons. But then these are the young, promising players that will also be available. And yeah, you only have so many spots and positions on each end. So they have a lot to think about. But I ultimately think they would probably take. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I actually don't know which way they would lean. I think it would be between Howden and. Uh, I mean, if the Rangers protect Gautier, it would be between Howden and Blackwell. You know, I don't think Rooney is enough of, like I said, those players can get you can get them in the bargain bin every season. Doesn't really matter, you know. Yeah, and you know, uh they, they signed uh Hackstall, right? Uh yes. Dave uh, Hackstall is, coach. is their coach, yeah. which was very you know, very kind of very surprising at the time. No, no, oh yeah. But I guess but you know, I, I from what I had heard, you know, obviously his his uh, run in Philly wasn't uh wasn't all that inspiring, but at the same time what he was uh was he, he was in Toronto, right? He was a like an assistant. He was yeah. an assistant in Toronto. Yeah, right? and I, I think I think he's clearly a guy that players like to play for. So, and yeah, he clearly had just impressed people enough. And it is tough because there's plenty of coaches that, that are in situations where they don't have success. Although in fairness, I think if I look at that flyers roster that he had, he probably should have gotten a little bit more out of, but yeah. uh, But yeah, but I mean, he's, you know, I don't know. Maybe he learned from that experience. Maybe he learned what he did wrong. Maybe he was a little bit too hands off, like the like the like AV type thing, and now he's coming into something he can put a stamp on, and they're well, comfortable with that. Um, I mean, if he's worried about you know his, what he learned in his time in Philly, maybe he just takes all goalies. In the <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Because we <laughs> until you find one, or, you know, if you take one from every uh, every team, eventually one will stick, right? You think? Oh yeah, and I, I definitely think there will be you know, your, your Malcolm Subans will be, 
those type of goalies will be probably be dangled out there. There'll be plenty of goaltenders that, although aren't very inspiring, are at least have some history of like being somewhat competent. Hell, even if they did take uh, Kincaid in a surprising move and he's your backup, it's like, you know, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, he's just, you know, he's a journeyman. Well, that's another thing too. If you, if you look how Seattle, you know, or look how the, you know, the Vegas golden Knights were built. I mean, they brought in a lot of good talent. They didn't just like build strictly from a uh, expansion draft. You know, they, they made some trades. They brought in some good players. Um, and, and that flurry signed with them, right? He wasn't picked in an expansion draft. Was he? Oh, um, I forget. Actually, no. I'm just trying to think. I, I want to say I'm like, going to go to. And I'm they, going to sign with them. Yeah, you can go. You, I, you can. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just saying. This... Like, this can't be the end all be Sorry. all. You know, the expansion draft. They're not going to. In my opinion, obviously they're going back to the regular playoffs. But Seattle, I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs their first year. I mean, obviously, I don't yeah. know what their team is. I don't know even know what it looks like. I don't know if they're able to sign any key free agents during the offseason. I do know they have, don't they have rights to sign players for a few days after the draft? I think I read that somewhere, that they have a few days. Any I think, I, I think so. That sounds right about right. For them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- that sounds about right. Oh, and by the way, Flurry uh, willingly waived his no trade and no movement clause to be exposed in the draft. Cause you can do that. So I guess he knew his, uh, they basically told him like, yeah, and he, he did, he did Pittsburgh a solid and, and Pittsburgh got undone with goaltending. And, and obviously flurry had a excellent regular season. Uh, he, uh, did he, did he win the Vesna? Did flurry win the Vesna this year? Yeah. Who won the Vesna? Yeah. Yeah. He won the Vesna. Uh, flurry. He, yes. Yeah, his postseason, yeah. his postseason was rough. And was not, meanwhile, yeah. Tristan Jari, like pretty much, shit the bed for the penguins in the <laughs> in the postseason so you know what does that say um you know they, they made the wrong choice um but yeah i mean there, there will be there'll probably be plenty of useful goaltenders out there for seattle um and listen useful i don't to your point i don't necessarily think they will lightning will strike uh, twice the way it did for vegas i just think that was just a combination of very shrewd because if you remember at the time there was a lot of pushback from how Vegas approached that expansion draft because everyone assumed they were just going to be setting themselves up for the future but instead they made a bunch of side deals with teams to get some assets but you know they they had they could have there was plenty of more younger promising players for them to take but a lot of the times they did take some they would take a pick and a journeyman guy but they were able to cobble, you know, with, with the help of uh, the rain, new Rangers head coach, Gerard Gallant, they were able to, you know, uh, take some promising players or that were seen as like, you know, in the case of like a William Carlson was kind of seemed as like a little disappointing and a bit of a basket case. And, but little did they know were poised to break out or, or you have like Minnesota had a hard decision that they chose to protect uh, Jordan Greenway over, uh, you know, uh, Alex Tuck. And yeah, and just, Lo and behold, a bunch of players blossom, and yet a bunch of guys, you know, they take a Jonathan Marcheseau so from Florida, who had actually had a good season, but they just didn't want to pay him. They they were because he only had one. Like I said, he was a late bloomer, and he only had that one kind of breakout year. And you didn't know if it was, uh, 
yeah, you don't know if it was you were getting a false bill of goods because that happens. You know, guys pop off for one season. They just things line up right for them and then they turn back into a pumpkin. That happens all the time. So they were kind of uh, Florida was kind of scared by that. So they almost kind of dangled him to like not. Yeah, to protect some other guys. And now, you know, he's one of uh, the the better top six forwards on the uh, for Vegas. So, yeah, they just kind of struck gold there and then obviously they were able to parlay some future picks and some of those players and obviously you know they they had they they quickly kind of just kept building on what they had they you know they had a, a bunch of young assets but they flipped them for mark stone and uh i forget if did they trade for patcheretti or did they sign him in like free agency i think they I traded for patcheretti they probably traded for him yeah, I think they traded for him. Yeah, didn't they, oh, um, didn't they trade Thomas Tatar for him or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, ironic because uh, you know we, uh, he played I'm, for the Canadians, so yeah. and the Canadians made it the Stanley Cup final. Um, yeah, no, you know it's just like it, it's funny because I know I, I feel like if I'm Seattle, obviously you want the immediate success, but I, I really do think they should kind of play it safe. I, I think teams are more prepared. Uh, with who they exposed this this year, they don't want to look foolish yeah. again. Um, you know they don't want to you know wear egg on their face. And I I think it's really important for Seattle just to come into the league, build some youth, and don't try to copy, you know what the Vegas Golden Knights did. It's just it's completely different. It's a totally different situation. Teams are prepared, and you know the way. You know, it's going to work this time. It's not going to work like it did last time. It's just, it's not. And, you know, if it does, I don't mind wearing egg on my face because there's no, like, no way in hell someone should say they should, you know, it's going to go exactly the way Vegas did. You know, obviously you want the team to be relevant, but, uh, you know, the league wants the, you know, Seattle to be relevant year yeah. one, but it, it's not going to be Stanley Cup final relevant. Yeah. And oh, just to kind of illustrate, that point you're making, we were just talking about Max Pacioretty. He did get traded to Montreal. So, and I, I preface this by saying Pacioretty has had two pretty good seasons for Vegas. Uh, he had an even better season this year than he did last year. I think last year, he, he, you know, he, he had uh, 66 points in 71 games. And then this year he had 51 points in 48 games, which is good. But he, they basically traded he, Montreal, uh, excuse me, Vegas traded for him and they traded, uh, Thomas Tatar, like we said, uh, a second round pick in 2019 and Nick Suzuki, who is now like a top flight pay- player for them. And how much longer is Pacioretty going to be a top flight player? Uh, who knows? He's good now, but that's not going to be forever. And it's looking like Suzuki's going to be a top line player for Montreal for probably the next decade. So, yeah, you have to right. be careful. I, and like I you said, I wouldn't even trade Suzuki for Pacioretty straight up right now. No, exactly. Yeah, knowing yeah. what we know now. So, but you didn't, it's funny. Just hindsight's obviously always 2020, but it's just a kind of a cautionary tale. It's, you know, it's pretty much what happened to some of these teams that did trade these promising young players, not really understanding that it takes time sometimes. But yeah, at the same time, uh, Suzuki hadn't even stepped foot in the league yet. And they just, you have to give to get, and it hurts. But sometimes you have to be careful because it's like, yes, the player might never become what, and yes, there, but listen there, I mean, obviously Vegas was, uh, you know, he's been playing for Vegas for three years already, so they needed help then. So it makes sense. But at the same time, you just have to make sure you're really prepared with what you're giving up. So I do think to your point, James, I, I think that they, that Seattle will probably try to err on the side of caution and say, listen, there isn't a mandate to be good right out of the gate. Like, you know, you hope that 
by selecting the best possible players that even if you get some that are need to grow into that role um, or when I say best possible, I mean, best value wise, you know what I mean? Uh, Obviously you, yes, you will need, you're going to need, you need to ice a competitive team, right? So that's the, that's the challenge. So you look at each team and you look at, let's say, let's say Calgary does, um, you know, they do expose Mark Giordano, but they also expose like a a younger player who's just like, kind of like meh, like, Mark Giordano is probably still a pretty good defenseman. He's pro- not what he not what he was a few seasons ago. He's old as as heck, but at the same time, he's he can be the captain of your team. He's got some respect and recognition around the league. He can kind of teach your players the right way to do it. But then you look at the young player that they also expose, and you're like, does this is this guy? Do you prorate him if you look at his collection of skills and his trajectory? It's like, is he a guy that can ultimately be an even more player an even more useful player especially if we can go to some other team that has kind of offering up dregs but they have one guy who is not so great but is a good leader then yeah those are the types of decisions that uh the crack can have to make and it's, i'm sure it's what's keeping them you know late nights going over lists and possibilities you know yeah and i have another question for you too to kind of go follow ahead. up with what you're saying is that obviously you know there's got to be a trade-off right if you if you're going to go with the veteran player who might be a little bit older but certainly could be a great locker room guy will be a steady presence you know on the ice uh you know that's great and all but you know there there is an off season and with that comes the the free market and you know is seattle going to be attractive to you know these free agents like uh especially the older ones i don't like uh nick benino for instance uh 33 years old uh, he just was on the Minnesota wild. He's a free agent. Um, I'm just going down like, uh, maybe, maybe I don't even, even like a Ryan gets who's a little bit older, not the Ryan gets that, you know, you know, we're used to seeing he's older, 36 years old, I think. And, you know, there, there's certain players out there that, uh, like Krejci and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like, are, are those guys, you think they'd be willing to take a crack at Seattle? Well, cracking, uh, pretty good there. James, um, you know, you think they'd be willing to sign there just to kind of, you know, maybe, I don't know, find that new energy in their in their hockey careers as it comes, you know, kind of dwindling down, especially for some of the older ones. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think I think it'll be depending on the, the scenario that a player finds themselves in. But whether it's a guy who just is, needs to bet on himself and show, I mean, you know, I don't know how much term Derek Stepan has left. You know, but he's he seems like a guy who's borderline almost out of the league at this point, right? Um, well, I mean, I, I, well, that might be disingenuous to say that, but you know, I think with his current cap hit, I don't know how much longer he has on his contract. But uh, yeah, that sounds like yeah, it's, it's like there's guys, plenty guys who need a change of scenery. Either. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, and you just had a kid, uh, which sucks. Twins. But yeah, I mean, even and that's not even that's not even to say in this off season, but even in a couple seasons, like let's say a guy like Tyler Johnson for Tampa, Tampa's all you know desperately trying to shed yeah. salary because as they're as very famously are over the cap as as it stands today. But yeah, Tyler Johnson's from I think he's from Washington State. You know, he might want to go home. Uh, especially at his age and he's already won won enough cups. So you don't, you kind of have scratched that itch. Now you get to play close to home maybe and help establish hockey there. That might be attractive to him. Right. Um, then, and like I said, you'll have players that maybe are 
borderline out of the the league. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, like I do think. Like, uh, I'm looking at the list right now. Statsny. Yeah, like some of the definitely your older RFAs. You're gonna. I'm sure there'll be a lot of. I'm trying to think. Let me pull up the the RFA list because. Yeah, it'll definitely be very interesting. Um, oh, well, you know, like I'm already, I'm already, I'm looking at eight different lists here of like players who they might take. I mean, you know, it, it looks like St. Louis might expose Vince Dunn, who I think would get selected in a heartbeat by the Kraken. Um, but you see, and yeah, NHL UFA uh, top twenty-five. Yeah, I think there's. I'm looking at the, this list. Of of uh, pending UFAs, and there seems to be a lot of guys who I think, like you said, Stasny, he's getting up there, but he could definitely be a guy. Um, you know, obviously the chaos theory in me looks at the fact that Ovechkin is going to need a contract soon, but uh, I think he's done enough that they would. Yeah, but I mean, um, I think Nick Felino's an upcoming UFA, right? Yeah, Felino. Yeah. Mike yep, Mike Hoffman, Jayden, like Jaden Schwartz, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, my the most underrated player in the NHL, Jaden. That's Schwartz. right. I mean, we say this, but it, it usually ends up being guys like you know Alex Goligoski and uh, Stat, you know Stasny, um, Tatar. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: like you said, these guys are UFAs. If you know, I, I guess it depends on. I'm sure some of them, especially the older ones, teams are more apt to just let them walk, especially if they're like, you know, they if at the, at the end of the day, if they can't trade them, they don't get that much assets for them. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot on this podcast about wanting Philippe Deneau for, as Rangers. Uh, so he needs yeah. to be he needs a new contract. He's 28, though. But yeah, it'll be interesting, especially or like a, a Zach Hyman. He's 29. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting players that are UFA. Most of them, I assume, get re-signed, but I think there's some guys that are just old enough where there are some guys that teams are just going to say, all right, you know, we're going to let you go either as a sign of respect or just we're like, we tried to find a biter and we couldn't, we couldn't find, you know, we couldn't offer them a, a, we obviously want to trade, you know, get them a, a reasonable contract first and then try to trade them a sign and trade. They couldn't get it done. And they're like, it's not even worth it. It's just the cap space is worth it, especially with a static cap. So it will be interesting to see if that happens. Um, I can't say for sure, but I definitely think at least a, a player of that, you know, in that Stasny mold might end up on that team and, and walking to them in free agency. Um, does Joe Thornton have, is he a free agent or is he still got term left? Is he going to be? <laughs> in, he's going to be cup hunting though, for sure. Yeah, he's cooked too. I don't. He's a free agent. Yeah, he, he yeah, he's going to be if he's going to play, uh I think he even said he was going to yeah. play. He's That's true. Yeah. without yeah, a doubt. I mean, he's got a sign. Yeah, it'll be definitely be fascinating yeah, to see. I don't that. know where where he's going to go. Uh yeah, I maybe cuz I don't see him on this list. Maybe he does have another year in Toronto. Did they give him two years? Uh No, I have him here on my list. Oh. 42 oh, okay. forward score 20 goals. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny cause I feel like, you know, although, although Seattle obviously is, you know, building their team off of a blank slate, the Rangers are also kind of rebuilding their team. Again, if you, you, a great website, cat friendly, if you go on their roster, if you look at, you know, 
if you look up and down that lineup, man, in come 22-23 season, there's a lot of UFAs, a lot of RFAs, and, you know, the Rangers are going to be, you know, this offseason especially, going to be looking, you know, to build the core of this team. And, and although you have it with a lot of youth, you do, and we hit this, you know, hit this head, uh, the head of this nail so many times that's already driven into the wood that we wanted in, that, you know, the Rangers need to build their depth now. They need to build, you know, their identity. They need to build, you know, the, the meat of this lineup and, you know, bring in some players that have NHL experience that, um, you know, can offer stability to this lineup. And, you know, that's kind of what Seattle will be looking for also, you know. So it, it's interesting that even though, you know, Seattle and the Rangers are uh, two totally different pages right now, you know, they're kind of going to be looking for similar things. You know, you want the role players, you need the deaf players, the guys that are, you know, going to be able to play a system and and play the NHL game and just be there to stabilize the lineup because, you know, it does, you know, our lineup as, as it speaks right now, you know, is kind of, you know, we have the Panarins and Criders and and Zibanejads, but we, you know, we also have the Kakos, the Lafreniers and, and, you know, the Kraftstoffs that, you know, the youth is, is there. So, now we need the stabilizing pieces. Yeah, very well said. And, you know, again, that seems to be the greatest irony in this is that you have the teams like your, uh, your, Mon- excuse me, your Toronto Maple Leafs who seem to have so much skill and promising young players, and yet they lack that vital hard-nosed role player, workman-like depth components they need, and they try to find that or bottle that and they can't and it, help, and it hurts them and at the same time then you have some teams like almost like uh you i guess you could you could probably argue like uh the rangers or even montreal as it stands today i mean i say this knowing that guys like suzuki and caulfield will eventually be superstars in this league but even the rangers and during their cup run where it's like they had all those players in spade but they didn't have a nikita kucherov who on top of that for Tampa, despite having all those players, they also had guys that just flat out broke the game open, you know, and you obviously you need both and it's hard to get. And I think teams, even teams that are finding themselves in the cup final through Cinderella story or good goaltending or whatever it is, eventually that it runs out and you have to have both and you have to be able to take whatever. I think that's Tampa is essentially a, they have has every contingency plan. They have contingencies for contingencies. They have enough superstars if they lose if lose some to injury. They have enough depth guys if they lose other guys to injuries. Uh, they can play some guy guys. They have players that are capable of logging big minutes if they're you know they lose a guy to the locker room or a game ejection or to injury whatever. Um, yeah, so that's the goal. And obviously, there's a lot of different ways to build teams and they can play different styles, but the, the goal always kind of remains the same is just having a healthy, that healthy mix of supremely skilled players and guys who can, who you don't have to pay a King's ransom, but can play productive hockey for you and, and just one hockey in the playoffs. So yeah, Seattle, obviously, like I said, I'm sure they're keeping themselves awake at night, just looking over possibilities. Well, if this and scenarios, well, if this guy's available, should we take him? But but at the same time, is like, does that taking this guy doesn't make this guy redundant, you know, and that type of stuff. And as far as the Rangers go, it shouldn't be a hard decision. They can just listen to this podcast. You and I just uh, are just, you know, produced. And the the choice is pretty simple, as I would imagine you ultimately end up uh 
ex, you know, exposing players like Batetto and D'Angelo and, and Brett Howden and Rooney and, and uh, Colin Blackwell and Keith Kincaid and, and just you call it a day, you know, so don't overthink it. You know, don't get yeah, I like I'm glad, happy that Colin Blackwell had a good season for the Rangers this year. But again, these players ultimately can be replaced and be found, you know, but you can't. You know, if if you let go of Julian Gauthier and you give up on him too early, and then he becomes a power. Imagine he becomes a power forward, like not unlike what Rangers fans have wanted Chris Kreider to be. You know, for years, I think you'd be kicking yourself. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the list once they come out. I I think the Rangers will be fair. Not a lot of surprises. I think there's some other teams which will be a little bit more eyebrow raising. But I say this knocking on wood, and I hope that's the case. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see. Uh, right after the expansion draft is the NHL draft. So it will be, uh, I'm sure in future episodes, we'll start talking about that. Unsure if the Rangers hold on to the pick or if they trade it. Uh, but we should definitely talk about it and talk about some prospects, especially because the Rangers don't just have a first round pick. They have other picks and this draft is going to be all over the place. So, you know, you never know. It might be worth it to have as many second round picks because I assume there's just some players you know the consensus seems to be all over the place like I haven't seen in a very long time like a draft from like the 90s so it's pretty pretty wild so that'll be fascinating um so yeah it'll be interesting to see what the Rangers do and what Seattle does and with the draft coming it finally seems that now that the cup has been awarded the offseason is officially here and buckle up because between some of the uh the bigger players dangling out there like Eichel and Tarasenko and a bunch of our older RFAs that need new contracts or places to, to play. Uh, it's going to be pretty fascinating. Thank you for listening to the Broadway boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway boys pod, and please rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockey podcast network.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.